Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Yeah, amen. Anybody grateful to be in church this morning? Worship team, thank you. We're going to worship in a little bit here. But I want to um, just continue in the series that we've been talking about in the book of Acts, a move. And if this is your first time being at Oasis Church Chicago, let me say this. You're loved. You're deeply cared for. You're in the right spot. I don't care where you've come from or what your story is or how you got here. You're in the right place today. And I'm just so grateful. Not only are you loved by us in this church, but you're loved by a God in heaven, King Jesus. Jesus, who died on a cross, gave his life, like Eric said in that song we sang about. He gave up heaven, came down for you, for me, for us. Christians in the room, believers, if that story's gotten old to you today, I pray you, you ask the Lord to refresh that story in your heart. He gave up heaven, perfection, everything to come because he's like, yo, I love these people. I love this world. I love these people. I'm going to give my life for them as a sacrifice, as a, as a ransom, paying for their pro- everything, every sin, every trial, every fear, every temptation, everything that man would face, I'm going to die and set them free from. And so in a moment after I'm done, we're going to share an opportunity for some of you in this room today that I really believe the Lord's working on your heart. And we have a saying here, welcome home. And I believe some people are going to come home this morning. Amen. And so we've been going through the book of Acts, and it's the book right after the Gospels, and it's, it's the book that, that shows us how the church of Jesus Christ was built, how it started, how it moved, how it, it just began to spread. Like, like today, we see where the church is at today. It's, it's global, right? It's everywhere. You know that the church of Jesus Christ has, has risen up and taken ground everywhere. It wasn't like that in the beginning. They had, to, they had to move. They had to move as the Lord would direct them, as the Spirit of God would guide them. They had to move past trials, past tribulations, past persecution. They had to move when God said would, go, would tell them to go. They had to go, and they began to spread the gospel day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. Even when they, like that video showed, faced walls, they didn't just stop. They found ways to go around them in Jesus' name. How many of you know Satan can't put up enough walls to stop the name of Jesus Christ being proclaimed? across every city, across every block, across every home. So no matter what Satan is throwing at you today, we believe in this church. If we believe in Jesus, we got to believe in the evil one. And we believe Satan is a liar. He's lost already. That's a really great place, church, to say amen. Like Satan's lost already. He's done. But he's still trying. That, that man, woo! He's still throwing whatever he can. He has no power. His power can be broken in a moment by proclaiming the name of Jesus over your life. So no matter what wall, no matter what trial, no matter what distraction he would want to get your eyes off of Jesus, he has lost. (laughs) Amen. 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 
he's lost. And we get to walk in the victory. We get to walk in victory power. How many of you love walking in a, in a victory position? Like when you win a game, when you win a race, you're like happy, you're joyful. How many of you love winning board games? Who's super competitive at board games? Me, that's why I don't play them because me and my wife would get in counseling afterwards if it happened. Like I'm going to be victorious and I'm going to love walking in victory. And the thing about it is, is Jesus paid for my life. And we're like, yeah, that's cool. Yo, we got freedom in Jesus' name. And that's what we proclaim in this church. And so today I want to talk about Acts 13. If you have your Bibles, get them. I titled this message, A Move Set Apart. Set Apart. Acts 13, just five verses. These five verses jumped out to me. They're powerful. This, many theologians believe that these five verses were what broke down the walls to keep moving the church forward. These five verses set up the fact that the church is everywhere today. These five verses are short, but they are packed with heavy truth. And I'm going to read them this morning. And it says this. It's going to be up on the screen if you do not have a Bible. If you need a Bible, go grab one at our Connect Bar. We have them for you to take. Now in the church... At Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed there from, from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their helper. Holy Spirit, today I pray you help me unpack this, that I'm concise, that it's clear, God, that we would be built up in your name today. Father, I pray this prayer over every one of us. Set us apart. Set us apart, God, to do the work you've called us to do, to be the people you've called us to be. Help us by your mighty power and by your spirit. And Father, I pray you keep ministering to the one or maybe the many in here that don't know you. That, Father, surrender would come, that lives would be transformed here, and you would get all the glory and all the praise, and everybody says, amen. Set apart. I, I want for us as a church to be set apart. In order for us, I believe, to see this move of God that we've been talking about, we have to draw a line in the sand as believers and say we are going to be set apart. Listen, this is not a popular message. This is one that won't get a bunch of fans and followers on social media. But I'm going to tell you something. The reality of it today more than ever is we as the church need to be set apart. I'm not saying us against. I'm not saying us, are be we are better. I'm not saying any of that. If you know me, you know that's not the case. So please don't let the devil tell you that right now. But I believe more than ever that, that there is a, a line in the sand, and I believe today we are going to step over as a church, and we are going to be set apart for the work of Jesus Christ. Set apart defined is select something or someone for a specific purpose. It's a selection of something or someone for a specific purpose, to make someone or something different and special. I love that. That's the dictionary for you, Right? Like, to set apart means to, to, to choose to, to take something or someone and set them apart and make them different and make them special. How beautiful is that? Have you ever set something aside or set it apart from something else? This is an interactive church. We can raise our hands if you've done that before. I do it all the time, right? 
If I get a gift and I know it's something, a, a good gift, I don't open the box. I open up the gift with the wrapping, but I don't open the box for months. I just set it aside and I just wait for the right moment. I, I also do this too with, we have a friend that anytime we're around her, she comes to visit us, I, I always request one thing from her. And I call her, she lets me know she's coming, and I say, hey, hey, can you, can you please bring this with you? Can you, can you come with gifts to me? <laughs> How many of you know your pastor loves gifts? Bring them whenever. I ask her, can you bring this stuff with you? And, and every time she comes, without fail, I mean, at least from my recollection, she, she always comes with what I ask her. And when she comes, there's always other people around in the room. And she hands me what she hands me, and I take it, and I grab it, and I put it under my shirt. <laughs> Because nobody else in the room is getting what I just got. I set those things apart. <laughs> what are they? The most delicious, the most soft. She knows, my wife knows, she knows me like a book. The best chocolate chip cookies y'all ever could taste in your life. This girl comes up with chocolate chip cookies for your pastor, and she the heavens open up when you eat these things. Like I'm talking, you put it in your mouth, like the Lord comes and sits with you. That's how good, and she doesn't tell a recipe to anybody, but I get these cookies, and I get them, and everybody else in the room is looking like, can I get one of those? And I go, no, these have been set aside for a special purpose. You know what the purpose is? Me and my glass of milk. How many of you would say amen to that? Like I have set these things apart because nobody else is going to get these Things. These are mine. These are mine. I know that's stupid and unreal. But I wonder if God's looking down today going, this is mine. You are mine. I'm not going to let Satan grab these people anymore. These are my children. This is my church. And I'm setting this thing aside. I believe this for young and old men and women that God is here today and he is separating, he is setting aside, he is setting apart the church of Jesus Christ so that we can be who God needs us to be, who we are called to be, to reach people in the streets, to go out there and love the unlovable, to love the broken, to love the people that have hurt us. God is setting us apart today saying, these are people that are special these are people that I want to use. How many of you know this that every single one of you in this room from front to back is used and can be used, it can be used by God. You got a gift, you got a talent, you got an ability, you got something in you that nobody else has in this room. You know what's awesome about God? You all got different fingerprints. Tell me God's not awesome. Nobody has the same two fingerprints. Why? Cuz you're special. Man, this is a quiet church today. Y'all wake up. Labor Day is about to be in like four hours. You can go barbecue and grill. You are special. I don't know how many people tell you that, but let me tell you. I think you're special, but guess what? The God of the universe creation thinks you're way more special. That he gave you the design in you, and now he's saying, hey, would you just let me use it? Would you let me use you? Would you just let me take you to places and spaces you can't imagine? Would you let me open the doors for you that you can't open up? See, when the, when the church started, when this began, these people understood that they were, they were tapped into something bigger than themselves. Do you understand that we are tapped into something bigger than ourselves? The church of Jesus Christ is not a small thing. I said it to the team in the back. It's a weighty thing. What we're doing is filled with weight. It's not small. These people understood it, though. They got it. They were clear. Like, man, if this thing is going to go, if this move is going to happen, the promises that we've heard, the, the visions that we've seen, the words that we've heard, if this thing's going to go, we got to get close to God. we got to be separated. 
we got to do things differently from what we've been doing. Can I say something I'm going to say, and it's going to be, oh, praise the Lord. When you experience the radical love of Jesus Christ, you can't be the same that you once were. Okay? They understood that. I, I, I said it to my father-in-law yesterday, like, like I was wild. Y'all don't know some of my story, like my story, I was, whoo, I had an A plus in sinning. And when I tasted the goodness of Jesus Christ as a 22-year-old, nothing else mattered. Wait, am I perfect? Oh, no, ask my wife. <laughs> She'll tell you. Do I have it all right? Nope. But am I different? Do I want what I used to have? Does sometimes it whisper in my ear, say, yo, go back to that life? Yeah, and I go, yo, devil, shut up. Can I say that? Like, when you experience Jesus, he sets you apart for the work that he now has for you. This is great news. And so I want to speak into us that we as a church be set apart, that, that, that not only for right now, and we've seen God do some amazing things with the church. Just look at the Love Pilsen thing. That's powerful stuff. But for the years and years and ages to come, how many of you believe that, that this church and the churches that are proclaiming Jesus Christ, he's going to separate them. He's going to set them apart. He's going to use them in a mighty way to see a revival in the city called Chicago. Come on, church. This is a city that is in desperate need of the good news of Jesus Christ. And he is looking for some people to say, hey, can I just utilize you? Can I, ha can I have you? Can I just have all of you? Can I just set you apart from the things that you used to have, from the way you used to think, from the way you used to dream, from the desires you used to have? Can I just set you apart to fill you with dreams and visions and desires that I want you to have? Come on, I don't know about you, but I would rather have dreams and visions from the guy that created this whole thing than the dreams and visions that I think I can come up with in my mind. Because I ain't that smart. I ain't that good. I ain't that talented. He is almighty. He is king. He is Lord. He is Savior. And he wants to set us apart today. So how do we get set apart? I read this verses. I read these verses and I, man, whoo. You know, you can read the Bible. You can read like two, ver two verses, and you can get wrecked. Anybody ever been there? Like you just, even in Leviticus, come on. You can read those verses, and you're like, <laughs> what are you reading? I don't even, it's so good. It's like you just read a verse. I know, my God, man. Because his word is alive. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It can pierce your heart in a second. I love that about the word. I read these five verses. I'm like, man, there's a lot here, so I got. 15 minutes. Think I can do this in 15 minutes? Praise the Lord. First thing is this. How do you get set apart? How do you get set apart? Stay planted and you will grow. Stay planted. You will grow. In order to be set apart, you got to stay planted. It says in verse 1, now in the church. Now in the church. JP didn't write this. This is the word. Holy Spirit inspired. It says, now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, and it lists all the names of the people in there, and the main guys there. And I believe, and theologians believe, that there was so many other people in the room. But what struck me is that in order for them to go, in order for them to get what God had for them to, to do, in order for them to step out, they started somewhere. And where did they start? That's a question. Anybody want to take a jab at this this morning? Church? Did I hear church? Three of us. Awesome. This is interactive. They started in the church at Antioch. Yo, these people understood something. They could not do the work of God separated from the church. 
Okay. All right. All right. It's 2019. I get it. I'm a young guy. I'm 32. I don't have it all together. I don't have all the experiences, but I'm going to be real talk here. Can I be real talk? I am really disheartened when people come to me and say, yo, I'm operating in a ministry and doing this and that, doing this and that, doing this, but this has nothing to do with the church. Yo, you know, Jesus died for this thing. You know what he calls this thing? His bride. It says that God is the head of the house. God is the head of the church. And I believe something. We cannot operate being set apart if we separate ourselves from the church of God. Come on, I know this is not a message that we always hear. Right? I know it's a little, ah, man. How many of you know that when I'm reading this, the Lord's like, JP, you've tried to operate here and you've tried to separate it from the church. JP, you've tried to do this and it's been outside of the church. Yo, stay planted in the house of God, Scripture says, and you will flourish in the courts of God. It says stay planted in the Lord's house and you will flourish in the courts of our God. How many of you know Scripture cannot come back void? Scripture's promises are true. And what it says is, yo, plant roots in the church. Get planted. How many of you know the church isn't perfect? How many of you know this church is not perfect? Look who's leading it. I, I get, I get hurt, hurt, hurt when I'm like, they're like, I'm just looking for a perfect church. I'm like, you're never going to find a perfect church. Why? It's people. How many of you know people are nuts? How many of you know people are dysfunctional? Like church is not perfect. Never was, and it's never going to be, but God is perfect. And when God is at the head of the church, the church operates in a way that we can't put words to. It functions in ways that we can't describe. See, gifting starts to pour out. Giftings and callings start to happen. You start to know and understand what you're called to do, but the only way to know what you're called to do, only way to know, I truly believe this, is when you stay planted, you grow deep in the church, you lay roots. You stay when it gets hard. You stay when it doesn't make sense. You stay when, man, they haven't met my needs. Okay, but guess what? They're trying. Like, like, guys, full transparency, I told my parents probably, like, what, two years, three years before we stepped out to come do this. Why? Because I wanted to stay planted. I didn't want to look for the next. I wanted God to work on my heart right then. These men were in the church, and I believe while they were in the church, while they were there sitting, while they were there worshiping, while the scripture was being opened up, they started to get the dream and the vision from God to say, this is what we're going to do. And it says something so profound. It says that they heard from the Holy Spirit. Yo, what are you planting to? Can I ask that this morning? Yo, quiet. Is this okay? Is this a good message? What are you planting yourself to? Like, what are you attaching yourself to? Where are your roots grabbing to? A relationship? A job? A bank account? A hope of something? Like, for real, real talk, what are we attaching ourselves to? Are we attaching ourselves to a place that we say, this is God, and he is at the center of this, and he is here? Yo, I need the church. How many of you need the church? My hand's up. If your hand is not up, just play along. I need the church. I need the church in good. I need the church in bad. I need the church in perfect, and I need the church in its imperfections. You know why? I need the worship. I need the word. I need the encouragement. I need the love. How many of you know you love that two minutes? Some of you are like, I don't love the two minutes. Every time I see the two minutes, I get anxiety-ridden. It's crazy, y'all people. Yo, I need that time. 
I need someone to embrace me, hug me, tell me I'm doing better than I think I'm doing. How many of you know you need the same thing? We need the church of Jesus Christ. Yes, it may have failed you. Yes, you could have church hurt. Hey, yo, you're talking to somebody that has years of it. But guess what? God's redeemed me. God's opened up my eyes. God's forgiven. Allow me to forgive. And guess what? I'm walking into a place every Sunday, every Wednesday on an O group. Every time I can gather, be like, yo, we're together in this. This is my family. This is how I can grow. This is how I can move forward. This is how I know what God has for me. I don't know about you, but I need the church of Jesus Christ. I can't do this thing alone. An isolated Christian is not a good one. All right? You with me? So I believe God speaks through his church and he starts to separate us. You start to, yo, I remember being at a church service. I'm almost done. I remember being at a church service and I just come to Christ not too long before this. And I remember being at a church service. I remember a man came up behind me. It was a time of altar time and praying and and, and I remember a man came up behind me. I, to this day, I don't know who this guy is to this day. He laid his hands on my shoulders behind me. He just started to pray. He began to pray. He said, Lord, just, just use this man. Set him apart. May his gifting of preaching and teaching come out. Yo, I rem- I'm not, forgive me of the personal stories. But I don't even know that happened in a church. Can it happen on the streets with believers? Yes. But does it happen and flourish in the church? Oh, yeah. Come on. We need the church of Jesus Christ. And guess what? This city needs the church of Jesus Christ. This, church needs, this city needs a uh, church that's together, unified, of one accord, of one spirit. Not bickering and arguing about this. Or that. But saying, yo, we're imperfect. We're just trying to figure out we're doing better than we think we're doing. Come on. Let's keep going. How many of you believe this this morning? All right. I got seven minutes. Second thing that I believe that separates us, that sets us apart. Intimacy opens up our lives to receive the Spirit's voice. I'll tell you this. When Rachel and I first started dating, we could be in a room like this. It could be loud. We could be getting, people could be talking. It could be during that meet and greet time. When we first started dating, I, I knew we were, but not really. You know, when you first start dating, everything, you're just like staying up till 2, 3 in the morning on the phone. Like, tell me another story. Just one more before. I got to be up at 6, but just tell me one more. Come on, some of you know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you're not doing it. We know. You come in, you're like, I'm super tired, Pastor. I'm like, why? Because you were on the phone till 3 in the morning with your girlfriend? Yeah. I'm like, yo, like, you're going to see her in six hours. Like, chill. Like, I didn't know her voice the way I know her voice. So it could be in this room, and she could have yelled for my name if she was way back there. This is true. And I probably wouldn't have heard her. I probably wouldn't have recognized it. But today, yo, five years. We five years. Whew. A couple days ago. Come on, we making it. We out here. August 22nd, five years. How many of you know, forgive the person, she was here and she was over there and this room was loud. She could say, JP, maybe a little louder than that. And I would know. I would shut it down. I, I, whoever I was talking to, I'd turn. Why? There's intimacy there now. There's intimacy there. I know her voice. She knows my voice. We know each other. Now, I know that's here in the flesh, and that's, a, that's an example, but, 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 but the Spirit of God speaks to us. The Spirit of God speaks to us through intimacy, and it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, two, three, uh, four words, the Holy Spirit said. While they were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. While they were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. Yo, these people back then, they figured it out. They knew the formula. 
Come on. They knew the formula. They, they understood what God had said to them through his spirit right before this. They understood what happened in the upper room. They understood. They heard the stories. They said, yo, get close to the Father. Get close to his spirit, and he will speak intimately to you. And so they got the, everyone's like, how do I hear God's voice? Pastor, I love that question. I love it. I don't know why I'm folding my arms. It's just sometimes, you know, like, how, how do, okay. I'm like, that's a great question. And that's a, a great question to keep asking. How do you hear God's voice? Worship him fast. Wait, what? You don't got X, Y, Z, get to Z, like, oh, a, I'm terrible at math. I got like a 16 on the ACT in math section. So that was some sort of algebraic equation, but. You're like, what? <laughs> I just told you my ACT score in my math section. <laughs> you want to know the solution to get close to God? Worship him. Worship him. Fast. Well, that was for that time. No, what? Whoa. The word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Fast. When's the last time you fasted? When's the last time you separated your lives from the things of this world and you just got close to God? You know what fasting does? It's not a diet plan, right? I laugh when people are like, I'm fasting. I'm like, oh, really? You're hearing God? No, I just, I just need to lose some. I'm like, what? Are you legit fasting to hear the voice of God? Because let me tell you something. When you give up food, this guy knows. When you give up food and you start to say, God, speak to me. God, I'm listening. God, I want to get close to you. God, I want to just know you intimately. He meets you. He sustains you. Yo, I remember right, when we, before we launched out, I fasted. This is a lot of personal stories. I'm almost done. The bank, come on up. 21 days. Yo, 21 days, just juice. How many of you know your brother here was like day five, like, God, I'm done. I didn't hear your voice for 21 days. Like, you lied to me. Like, judge me. Right? It's hard. But you know what? I heard so much. I got so clear. I had a clear, direct line to the Father. I separated myself. And in that time of fasting, while they were fasting and praying and seeking the Father, they were worshiping him. What are you giving your worship to? Here's the reality. We were created by God the Father. Every single one of you was knitted together in your mother's womb perfectly by him. And you were created to be a worshiper. It says the rocks will cry out. How many of you know God's creation will worship him? Come on. The trees worship him. The flowers worship him. You are the special creation. Yo, he didn't speak you. He formed you. That's deep. Woo! He didn't just say, yo, form JP. He formed me with his hands. Come on. And how many of you know that that God, we can worship him, and we can get close to him, and we can draw things from him, and so what are you attaching your worship to? Just like I asked, who are you attaching yourself? What about you? What are you giving your worship to? Hobbies? I can't show up to church. I got to get on the golf course. I would probably say that. I can't, I, can't, I can't go there. I can't serve in this way because I got I to gotta work on this. What are you giving your worship to? I'm not saying those are bad things. I play golf. I'm not good, but I'm, I play. Like, for real, though, just self-test here. What are you worshiping? 
the hope of getting that job, the hope of seeing your bank account increase, the hope of having this or having that, what are you giving your worship to? Because I'm telling you, when you start to give your worship to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, to the Great I Am, the Prince of Peace, the Almighty God, you will start to be set apart and you will start to receive the Spirit's voice so much clearer in your life. He does not want to not speak to you. He is desperate to speak to his kids. And he wants to speak today more than ever before. And the way that we get it is by getting close. Get close to him. Worship him. Build that intimate level with God. Yo, single people, coming for you. Stop trying to get intimate with somebody else. Get intimate with God. I'm yelling. Why? Because I'm tired of seeing single people settle for something that God never called them to have. And instead of just taking a season, right? A season, like a season. But just saying, yo, I'm like, I, well, my season's 10 years. Okay. Like maybe it's just on the 11th year, you're about to get something supernaturally special. But instead of getting close, you're just going to settle for what's up. Hey, not only single people, married people. Jobs, careers, situations, circumstances, you start to settle for stuff when you don't hear intimately what God is saying to you. How many of you would say amen to that? We need to be intimate with the Father. Okay, the third thing is this, and we're going to sing Conquer. We're going to sing that bridge. We're just going to set the roof off. It's going to be awesome. How many of you love that song? Third thing is this, his presence opens up our position before him. Okay, so the last thing that happens here is the third thing. In order for us to be set apart, we got to get intimate. We got to tie ourselves to the right things. We got to get connected. We got to be around like minded people. But when we get in his presence, he opens up who and what we're called to be. See, I get it. These two men, they were laid hands upon, right? And they were sent out. There's that, there's that idea of missionary, right? They were missionaries now. They were sent out. But let's just bring this home for a second. Every one of us that is a believer of Jesus Christ has a mission, and that is to go proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. Okay? But, but I believe, true. I believe something. Like, you may not all be called to be pastors. You may not all be called to be this or that, teachers and this. But guess what? You are all called to share the gospel. Amen? Like, we are all called to share the gospel. Whether you want to or not, you're called. Whether you ever say it or not, just live it out. But we are all called, and, and before him in intimate moments, before him in this time, we get our position with him. These men were set apart because they were intimate. They were there, and they got their charging orders. They got their orders to go. Hey, go. 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 How many of you would have loved to be in that moment? Go. Hey, go set the world on fire. Woo. Hey, hey go change the world. Woo. Yo, I'm telling you right now, in order for you to know what God is calling you to do, you got to get close. And your position will open up before him. Is this helpful today? Last thing is this, we're going to sing. Man, with a clear position, we can walk in the power to proclaim. That's not a point. That's just how I'm ending. When we know what our position is, when we got a clear position of who we are and who God's made us, it's got to start first with, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. Like, you got to start there. And then it starts going down. Okay, I got my position. I know I'm here in the church. People are confirming it. People are telling me this. How many of you know it's beautiful when you walk into church and someone's like, yo, I feel like God is just sensing this over your life, and this is what's happening. You're like, yo, I didn't even know me. I never met that's God's spirit alive in his church he starts to speak prophetically over people it's beautiful right so you start to know and then guess what you go and you walk in power because when that first distraction comes you're like nah devil shut your mouth I ain't giving my life to that I know who I'm called and what I'm called to do
And it says something powerful. Here we go, Ruben. It says that God sent them, and they started to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. They started to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. And here was the message. Jesus came. He came. He came. The Messiah that everyone was waiting for, he came. Oh, he came. The one that everyone was hoping for, was waiting for, he had already come. He was there. He lived. He lived. He walked. He moved. He healed. Gosh, thank you, Lord. He healed. Gave sight to the blind. Made the lame walk. Healed those that were filled with hurt and pain. He told the, the woman that was caught in adultery, hey, I love you. I'm with you. Hey, but don't do this anymore. You're forgiven. Go. You're clean. Man, talk about a God that loves us. He did all these things. He did all these things. He did all these things for the world to see. I'm closing. I know it's my 15th close. And then he went to a point where he realized what he had come for was going to happen. He sat in the garden and he said, hey, Father, this is going to hurt. This is, this, hey, can you take this from, like, ah, this is, I know these people, these people don't want me here. They don't, they don't really want me, but, hey, if this is your will, God, okay, if this is your will, I'm going to do it. Because I love these people and I love you. He didn't listen to the voice in his head because he was intimate to the Father. He walked among the soldiers and the guards and he took lashes and crown of thorns back exposed to whips, and beaten and bruised, carried a cross. Oh, pastor, we know the story. Why do you got to share it? Because this is the most important thing I'm saying all day. Walked up a hill called Calvary, hung on a cross, nailing his hands and his feet. Cut on his side, bleeding, broken. And said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Love in his eyes. Love for you. And he didn't stop there. He's like, yo, I'm going to go three days. I'm going to take care of business. These people may think they killed me. They just started a war. Went to hell, grabbed the keys. Said, Satan, you lost. So with the beginning and the end right now, he said, Satan, you lost. If they call upon my name, if they confess with their mouth and believe in their hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord, Savior, King, they are mine. They are claimed. They are bought. They are paid for by a price. They are now forgiven. They are now set free. Their position is with me. They are my child. They are my daughter. They are my son. They are forgiven. They are cleansed. They are washed. They are pure. They are righteous. They are filled with grace. They are mercy filled. They are, have a vision and a dream inside of them that's full, that's big. They have a position now, and the position is with me.